0: Another episode of The Black Jackson Estate Presents, The 12 Days of Christmas. I am user 1.5. I am joined today by user 1. And we are on day 6 of Merryness. wait, Merriness and Jolliness. I think it's Merriment. Is it Merriment? See, that's what I was trying to say. I don't think it's Merriness. Merriness? I don't That's think a it's word. I don't think it's nasty. That's a word. Whatever it is, we're trying I mean, to be holly Mary and Mary. jolly. Okay. We're, we're trying to be holly and jolly. We are halfway through our 12 days. Look at God, we made it. Somehow we made it. I feel like we need to queue up Shania Twain at this point. We made halfway through, and we are really excited to be with you guys today because we are talking about. One of the best-selling remix albums of all time. And that is Michael Jackson's Blood on the Dance Floor. But first, before we jump into our content today, User One, how's your day going? I am doing, I am blessed. I am highly favored. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm very happy today because our little nephew turned 12 years old today. We got to talk to him and celebrate him on his 12th birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. And I'm also excited and really, really uh starting to get into the christmas spirit truly and i think that's important because uh i was talking to our mom and she was like you know once you put your once you start putting decorations up you really start to get in the spirit and i think that's true once the scene is set i think it would be cool if we got some some snow that would just that would really kind of be the icing on the cake but once the scene is set you got some some decorations up you've got some christmas music playing certainly once you've heard the jackson 5 sing santa claus coming to town you really start to feel like okay it's christmas and the 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 merriment of the season does start to take over so i am fantastic and i hope you are too user 1.5 you know i uh, the decorations aren't doing it for me this christmas really just snuck up on me i feel like it was thanksgiving yesterday and now we are like, literally knocking on Christmas Day. But but you say this every year. Um, I, and and so, it's true every year. It so let's diagnose this. Does this true? mean that you need to do something different? It's not me. It's, it's not me. me. At all. That's sign one. Go ahead. Keep going. It's not me. It's it's really... It's, I, I don't even know what it is. But it, it, it's not me.
1: But and maybe... maybe
0: okay. Podcast listeners, Michael Jackson fans alike. If every year user 1.5 is not in the spirit is just not feeling it is it her or is it the season and if you think she maybe needs to try something different maybe next year give us some advice drop some suggestions don't for not suggest because nothing to me. very grinchy <laughs> and I think it is her fault but I think she I don't need no has suggestions. deluded herself into y'all pray that for me that it's not her fault, but Just pray I think for me, that's all I'm asking for and, and drop a suggestion in the suggestion box. Maybe what she needs to do is get a change of scenery and spend the Christmas holiday someplace really different, right? Very different from what she normally does. Maybe she needs to, you know, I don't know. Y'all, y'all, y'all try, drop some suggestions because she's so grinchy. Yeah. I need a, I need, I need a pina colada and a beach with white sand and blue water blue green water that's what i need and if y'all are trying to help me get to that point again i'm gonna drop my cash up in the notes y'all can just <laughs> they're not sponsoring you y'all can sponsor my trip because other than that i anyway well now that i my grinchiness has been diagnosed by a lit apparently she's a lawyer and a therapist Damn. um we are going to to jump into our content for today. And today we are talking about Michael Jackson's 1997 release by Epic Records, Blood on the Dance Floor, History in the Mix. Hold on one second, user 1.5. Before we get going, we want to, we're going to just start taking a moment on our episodes to issue some corrections and adjustments from the prior episodes. Um, One of those corrections and adjustments would be that the European fans have left Let us know that we said the river Thames and that is not, that is not how it is pronounced. And y'all know we tear some names up. It is called the river Thames. they said the H is silent. So I was like, I, think, it Thames? Thames. I think it's Tim's. The River Thames. And River we still don't Thames. have it correctly. So why are you interrupting me to still not know the correct proper? <laughs> I'm just saying we said it wrong and we it have recognized weird. that it is absolutely wrong. And I said, I remember saying, is it the River Thames? And you were like, mm hmm, that sound right? Wrong. Okay. So it's spelled with the TH. The TH, <laughs> th makes a th- sound and we learned that a long time ago so uh, you're it's not my fault that you pronounce it incorrectly you should have done the research and the, you <laughs> yes. know so it's not me my- all i'm saying is shout out to the european listeners who are very helpful and very gently corrected us and said it's actually tim's or tam's like hams but um I don't think you say that, that that ends our <laughs> corrections and adjustments for this episode. There'll be more later, I'm sure, on subsequent episodes. Okay. Go ahead, user 1.5. Yes. Charge it to our heads and not our hearts. Um, and the fact that she still doesn't have the correct pronunciation just baffles me. But anyway, thank you to our European fans who let us know that we are incorrect and we sound like Americans uh, on this podcast. Uh so we're gonna jump right into history in the mix, blood on the dance floor, user one. Tell me about your first experience with Blood on the Dance Floor, History in the Mix. Now, the album was released on May 20th, 1997. We were just mere babes then. But the first time that you remember picking this album up and saying, you know, I want to give this a listen. What was your initial reaction to this album? Well, when I became a fan, I obviously got the usual suspects first. Thriller, Off the Wall, Bad, Dangerous. I had Invincible because I became a fan around that era and it took a while for me to get to this one. I got history before this one so it took a while to get to this one although I was aware I think of the Blood on the Dance Floor the song and the video because I had the Um, DVD. And I think it was up there. So when I finally got around, got my little points together and got around and bought this, I remember thinking, I don't like this. And I would not engage it truly for a long time. And I just... It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me at all. Like, and now I'm a, I'm like a 13, 14 year old. So songs like Morphine, I did not quite understand. I thought it was like a throwaway remix album. I didn't have really an appreciation for it. I think I have a greater appreciation for it now, but it's still not a favorite of mine. So. Okay. So how long did it take you? To pick up Blood on the Dance Floor again and say, you know what, I'm going to listen to this again. I don't know. I mean, it just, I don't, I honestly don't recall being very intentional about, let me figure out Michael in this album. Because I either like it and I'm trying to get into it, or now it's a project. I'm just trying to understand it. And so that don't sound like fun. So I didn't, wasn't really into it in that way. I think I just, you know, when you get bored and you're like, okay, let me put this on. I think it was probably more like that. I don't think that this was, I don't know where Michael's heart was in this, but it just don't feel like it was in it the same way it was in some other projects. And maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like this was a throwaway situation and we kind of got stuck with these quote unquote remixes. And I didn't really like, a lot like some of the mixes are good and then there were different versions in different continents i mean it's just seemed like oh okay that's fair enough and you know i think your sentiment is really similar to the sentiments of quite a few other michael jackson fans this album is not a fan favorite in the michael jackson fan community it is like tolerated I think is the best word for this album and that is why we have chosen it to be on our 12 days of Christmas because we really did not think that it was a wise choice to dedicate a full episode to Blood on the Dance Floor especially where there were only five new songs and the rest were remixes so As I said before, Blood on the Dance Floor was released on May 20th, 1997 by Epic Records, and it is the second album that Michael Jackson released on his own record label, MJJ Productions. The album is made up of eight remixes from... The history album, history, past, present, and future, built one, which was released in 1995. And as I previously stated, there are five new songs on this album and the rest are remixes. The new songs are Blood on the Dance Floor, Morphine, Superfly Sister, Ghost, and Is It Scary? The album peaked at number one in France, Belgium, Spain, and New Zealand, and it has sold over 6 million copies worldwide, making it the best selling remix album of all time. On October 20th, 2000, it was certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, and the remixers On this album include Todd Terry, The Fugees, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. So for this episode, we are really going to break down the five songs that were brand new, new to listeners, and new on this album. We're going to talk about whether we like them or not, and we're going to talk about if they sound completed or not. And then we're going to let y'all go. We ain't going to hold y'all. (laughs) because Blood on the Dance Floor is that album. So let's start with Blood on the Dance Floor, the title track, User One. What did you think of Blood on the Dance Floor? This is the only song on the album to get a full video. The video, for anybody who hasn't seen it, is Michael almost in a salsa club or some kind of a club with uh, a red suit on. He actually looks quite well. He's got a French braid going down the back of his head and those two little squiggly hairs in the front. And he is singing and dancing to Susie and all her friends because Susie had his number, but Susie won't his friend. Okay. And so user one, Talk to me about the title track, Blood on the Dance Floor. What did you think about it? And was it a hit or was it a you could have kept this? Well, this is I think I think this is one of my favorite songs. And I like the remixes to Blood on the Dance Floor. And I think I like some of the remixes or at least one or two of the remixes better than the original. Um, I think it's a good song. It's definitely I see why it's the the one first out the gate. It's upbeat, it's high energy. He's got a video with it. Like, first of all, his outfit in the video is like fire. So, he looks good, the song is good. Um the song actually does well and um I think it won some awards in South America and it's it's a fun song. Blood on the dance floor. Uh, Again, it follows this, this thing that we know about Michael when we're talking about Michael's perception of women. A lot of times it's very much so. I think he thought we was just out to get him. And I don't know, he just seemed to have a very you know interesting sort of setup about women and this of course is a track that he created with Teddy Riley so Teddy Riley was still um in the mix and I think this was created for the dangerous sessions just doesn't go on that record it ends up coming out in 97 it's not a bad song at all. It's just um again I uh, Michael continues again this theme about women and the heartache or the angsts or the underhandedness of women I guess um that he experiences. It's very constantly a a difficult relationship, and I think the further we get from like maybe bad, the more we see. Until we get to Invincible, not a lot of tracks where Michael is talking about the intimacy and connectedness of his relationship with women. You start to see tracks that really are about this sort of, you know, Susie got your number, Susie ain't your friend. Look who put you under. Put you under seven, Six, seven inches, inches in. in. Blood mm-hmm. is on the dance floor. I mean, you would get start these sorts of tracks. Um, that he kind of leans into which is I don't know what's going on his personal life but I like the song it's good and uh and I'm glad it made the album it is it's not bad like I said I like the remixes on of this song maybe more than I like the actual main version yeah I can I can appreciate everything you just said like you said Teddy Riley and Michael Jackson created the track um for the release of Dangerous and it didn't make the Dangerous cut obviously and so michael was like let's throw it on this remix album and see what happens there uh the interpretation of the song that most people attribute to it is a predatory woman her name is Susie because michael seemed to like that name an awful lot and she seduces jackson before plotting to kill him with the knife that's the seven inches in Uh, The single peaked at number 42 in the U.S. uh, on the Billboard Hot 100, and it reached number one in Denmark, New Zealand, Spain, and the U.K. The thing I like about Blood on the Dance Floor, the actual song, I really enjoy Michael's kind of grittiness with the verses uh, of the song, juxtaposed to the smoothness of the chorus, right? So, he's doing it, he should got your number, like it's very gritty, and then he balances it out with the, the the chorus, and the smoothness of his voice, and I think that that's a really great contrast for the song, I think it, it does a lot for the theme of the song, he sounds almost angry at Susie, and like you said, we don't know uh we don't know what happened in his personal life and if Susie was real or if she was like a Billie Jean situation but he's very clearly not singing praises to Susie um but the song is very fun it's a fun dance song it's a fun track and fun fact Blood on the Dance Floor was the only track from the remix album to be performed on the History World Tour, so there we go. Yeah, it's a, it's a, again, it's a good opening track. It's got a lot of positives, and I mean, I mean, it, it's, it definitely it for for there only to be five new tracks. This is a good power track to have, right? And then moving into the other tracks that get weird, and then we come back out to like it's a scary and ghosts. It's like, it's a good, it's a good start. Absolutely. So we are going to truck along to the second track from the, or I'm sorry, the second new track from the Blood on the Dance Floor History in the Mix album. And it is the song entitled Morphine, User One. Let's talk about Morphine. What do you think about this song? Was it a good choice? And what do you think about the message that the song conveys? I think, um, honestly, I think Morphine is a track where I just don't, I think that in some country they had to change the name and good for them. Like they were not going to let, it wasn't called Morphine, it was called something else. But whatever pain was happening in Michael's life, it's okay for the catharsis piece to be music, to be a part of that, like, and your craft. But I think Michael really needed to go seek help real help. And we've, you know, I think sometimes in the fan community, we say, oh, well, he exorcised his demons and he expressed his troubles and and whatnot in his life and his music. And that's great to have that as a creative outlet, but you also need to heal in more, um, you know, formal or not necessarily formal, but in more substantive ways than versus just bleeding it all into your creative process. That's great. But Michael needed real help. And his music, some of that started to come out in the music or it started to become to become evident. We talk about this or I've, I've talked about this with like childhood. I think childhood is a beautiful song, but it's also at this place of like, all right, Michael, your childhood was not ideal. And, and the impact of that to your life is has been detrimental. But at some point we need to take that and we need to go figure out how to move forward and how to heal from that. And I just don't know he ever did that in his life. I don't know if he was afraid to. He didn't know how to. He didn't trust therapists, whatever the case may be. But morphine seems to also kind of hint towards maybe a need here again to do something more than just put it in the music. Like there's a need here, right? Like, you know, like I said, take childhood, for example. Yes, your childhood has been taken from you in many ways, or you feel that it's been taken and that has caused you to react and maybe be a certain way. But there's no excuse at some point for not going and trying to heal yourself from these, these scars or accepting help. And now, and now let's move to morphine because now we're talking about drugs and we do know. I don't, I'm not going to fight these fans over some realities about Michael's life, especially towards the end. He had some dependency problems. There's a dependency conversation. And then there's a criminal conversation about what was happening with Conrad Murray, right? Because we also know, remember good sis, the nurse who was like, She came to try to help Michael and she was like, listen, I can't give you these things that you want, but I have these other remedies, these other, you know, more natural or whatever to help deal with some of the problems you have. And he was like, that's not what he wanted. He wanted what he wanted. So there were two things going on here. Morphine is kind of one of those songs that just makes me go, oh, there's a problem. It's in the music, but we need a real life solution outside of the music because he's just, this is just the only way he's using to get through some things that's what it sounds like to me anyway so I'm not a big fan at all I don't listen to this song I just don't yeah. and as a child I had no reason to be attracted to this if I, I I don't know I guess I felt if I were truly attracted as a preteen and a teen my mama would need to be helping me to me something's not something's not right that's me right and you know morphine so morphine is one of those songs first of all the it's it's really catchy I I've listened to it quite a few times um in just letting blood on the dance floor play uh like if I was in a car or something like that like you know if y'all remember when we had a CD player in the car you just let the CD play so I've listened to it quite a few times it's catchy the melody is catchy uh but it's a Michael Jackson song so of course it's catchy the problem with morphine I think where this song really Fell under scrutiny because nobody seemed to be talking about it prior to 2000. This was the song all of the media outlets looked to to say, "Aha, Michael had a problem a long time ago." And unfortunately, hindsight is 2020, right? So I just wanna I want to go through some of these lyrics um, to this song. The lyrics say, "He got flat, baby. Kick in the back, baby. A heart attack, baby. I need your body." A hot kiss, honey. just a bitch baby. You make me baby so un unre- unrelying. Uh, then you get to the chorus, to the chorus where he's saying,, um, trust in me, just in me, put all your trust in me, you're doing morphine. So listen. clearly, Michael had some some demons he was trying to exercise as he was writing these lyrics. And the songwriter credit is solely Michael Jackson. Let me just make that clear, folks. This is a Michael Jackson song. So I just think it's sad. Looking back, I think it's really sad that nobody heard this song and was like, this ain't good. Or maybe they did. And Michael was so great, uh, you know, about building walls around himself so that no one could come in to to try and help him. But thankfully, this wasn't a single. This was kind of his. On the album, you almost could not you almost could. You can definitely skip it. You're not missing much when you when you skip it. But that is the second new track on this album. And user one, let me ask you one more question about morphine before we move on to Superfly Sister. What do you think that conversation sounded like when we decided to add this to the album? Was this a good idea to put on the album at all? No, it wasn't. And you know, he that's a grown man. And he was going to do what he was going to do. Um, but the reality is this is not a well song. This is something personal for him to to reflect a poem, a reflective poem to, to, to that maybe would have been appropriate to have read during a therapy session. We didn't need it. <laughs> I think he really needed. I mean, I don't think th- and I'm saying this and I don't think I'm coming down on Michael because we could all use. Some form of guidance and help from someone else, whether it's from uh, a pastor that is qualified, a therapist, whomever. There's a, your your grandma, your granddaddy, somebody in your life who you can talk through your life's problems and issues with, and get some serious feedback and understanding and and constructive criticism to help you grow all of that is needed for us all like what I remember somebody calling like therapy mental floss like it's just you need to do it you know you need to do something I think Michael missed and imagine the life he lived this kid from age you know five Up throughout his whole life yeah he needed therapy he needed some help and we just did not get it in time in this way just trying to keep it positive here but we're talking about blood on the dance floor and this is just one of the tracks on the album that you just go no right Uh -uh." who told you to put this on there Mm -hmm. no it wasn't it wasn't needed and we can go into michael's mental personal mental and personal traumas um you know because you have to remember too all of the adults in his life ate off of him from the time he was how old you know so it's it's almost like you're the adult because you're making the money but you're also the child anyway morphine is the second track second new track that we got from the history in the mix blood on the dance floor album and it is a no from us and we're gonna move on to superfly sister so superfly sister is the third track on the history in the mix blood on the dance floor album i'm saying that backwards it's actually blood on the dance floor history in the mix and it was written by michael jackson and brian lauren it is a song about <laughs> a super fly sister it's a song about uh i want to say that it's about street walkers almost uh if you look at the lyrics what do you think user one what's this song about i'm not sure but before we get into what the song is or is not about i want to talk about brian lauren for a for a moment i think that's how you say his name lauren lauren he's actually so he's an american singer and songwriter and he's the guy um that michael's singing background vocals for on for um satisfy you the song satisfy you y'all remember that song Just satisfy you. yeah hang on. <laughs> and i think he also worked with whitney houston as well so anyway so this was not he and michael's first time working together so that was kind of cool and i think sometimes we forget about him but yeah that song to satisfy you is one that is one of the hidden gems that fans are always happy to learn about and to hear when they hear michael on the track like okay because again we were so deprived of michael singing love songs at one point in time and so it was nice to hear him on something like that and that one was very much so a very intimate and sensual song as far as the lyrics and everything so I think all the fans really enjoyed that one okay yeah so that was that's really cool to hear Michael you could definitely hear Michael in the background vocals of of that song um and yeah it's really cool to hear Michael on somebody else's song other than Michael's song so Brian Lauren definitely helped to write the song. A songwriter credit on Superfly Sister. User one, what do you think about the song itself um I mean it's okay again this is not this is not my album so I mean it's it's not something I'm ever gonna I have never not once in my life said oh my goodness I really want to hear Super Superfly F- Sister today I just really want to hear Morphine Dear Lord I have not said that I just honestly I don't even like is it Scary and Ghost those are not any of my favorite songs too these are not this album is just not for me I love Michael but I'm also not I have my I have my likes and my dislikes this album is definitely on the dislike list the song is absolutely fine I'm never going to and I have never desired to hear it standalone you know how like some songs you're like dang I just want to hear this song Michael whomever like some songs are just you just want to hear them in the moment you get in your car or you're at the gym you're like let me cue this up there is nothing on Blood on the Dance Floor that I have ever felt that way about. This would be included. So okay. for me, it's just, you know, it's okay song. Um, it, it's not anything special to me. Again, it's it's not, it doesn't stand out. And when we start talking about the, the universe of Michael Jackson tracks and songs that he's recorded over his career up until this point, these tracks are the, to me, the poorest quality tracks of all the things that we've gotten official release of. Blood on the Dance Floor is the least to me. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Superfly Sister is actually my favorite song on this album. I don't mind this album, the first five songs. I never really venture past that to the remixes, although the remixes are quite good. But Superfly Sister is the only song on this album to me that sounds like it wasn't finished. And I don't know why it sounds like that, but it's never given me a, we completed this and got ready to send it to print type of vibe. But, mm-hmm. you know, Michael put it on the album. Obviously, he was fulfilling his contract with Epic Records at this point. He was trying to just, you know, let's let's get these albums down because I really think that he wanted to take MJJ Productions and do his own thing following his uh, contract uh, with Sony. So I think he was like, listen, throw this on there. Sure, why not? And it's not a bad song. The song is actually um fun to listen to I love the music for this song uh it's fun to listen to for me so kudos to Michael and Brian Lauren for writing a really catchy song but again most of Michael Jackson's songs are going to be catchy right uh yeah I mean you know it's a it's it's it the track is nice right like it's a nice track the lyrics are to me not anything special Rather than history in the mix, we could have just did a remix album of some of the better songs he's got or some of the lesser known songs that maybe should have gotten some more love from Bad Off The Wall Thriller, Dangerous. And then, maybe you know, I mean I guess if you want to throw history in there as well, just I mean, I I don't know what what was happening here, and and I do think that you know there was turmoil. There was also this space of Michael was in 1997. He's this is like you know between history, the history album, history in the mix. Michael is all on the on the other side of one of the of not one of the of the worst period of his personal life and professional life and I also think he is trying to reimagine what he looks like as an artist moving forward and how he can maybe move outside of the box of Sony and maybe this album represents in some ways that shift but yeah it feels very like I mean I think if I had gotten, the, if I were a big fan in 97 and I was a t- 15 year old, like, oh my goodness, I love Michael Jackson. He's got a new album coming out Blood on the Dance Floor, History in the Mix. I think if that were me and I got this, I would be so disappointed. I don't know. I don't, it, people who were waiting for this at the time and anticipating, and you are a fan at the time, let us know. How, what was your reaction to this album? Were you like, oh wow, this is fantastic? Or were you like, huh, this is it? I just feel like I would have been on the Han. This is it. This is it. Sad. <laughs> well, yeah. So you had to have, which I'm sure if you were a huge Michael Jackson fan at the time, you already had the history album. So this one, I don't know history and blood on the dance floor history of the mix. I think listening to the title, I wouldn't immediately think remix album and I might've been disappointed too, because nine times out of 10, We need new content. That's what we're looking for. And this came out a full two years after the History album. So in two years, I think people were probably like, oh my God, Michael Jackson has a new new album because this is the quickest turnaround they were ever going to get from Michael um, as far as a new content. But I I agree with you. I think that instead of this, if we wanted to do Blood on the Dance Floor, History in the Mix, maybe we should have taken some of those Quincy tracks that didn't make it, you know, from uh, from Off the Wall and Thriller and, and Bad and maybe taking some more of those Teddy Riley tracks that didn't make it from Dangerous and, you know, really add those to an album so that the fans can hear them. I mean, we didn't hear officially, you know, Streetwalker until how many years later, right? Like, we didn't officially hear even the Thriller 40 that just dropped. We're just now officially getting these songs in the fan community. And maybe when Michael was alive, if he had dropped some of these completed songs that just weren't used on the album, that might have been a better way to go. But I think it would have I mean because at some point we got the number one's album. And again he's fulfilling his contract. But don't sell me this shit. It's a bunch of songs I already got plus um one more chance. You know, I remember going to buy that like I mean, but being a fan, you're gonna go get it. But it's like this is not cool. you've already given us this version of things like a bunch of tracks from the best of essentially the greatest hits we already got this and then you but you package it again and throw one new song and you still selling it for 12 13 14 15 you know Mm. i like let's let's i love michael let's open to account as well like to me I think about the things we could have done instead of Blood on the Dance Floor. But let me also say this. I like the alternate video to Blood on the Dance Floor, the one that didn't get released because Sonny was like, nah. I like that video better than the one that was released. Like I said, I actually like the remixes to Blood on the Dance Floor. I liked those remixes. I'm looking at the UK, the track listing, the UK single. I really like the TM's uh, the TM Switchblade mix to Blood on the Dance Floor. That's probably my favorite one. My least favorite one is probably the Refugee Camp mix. I really didn't like that one. And so we know Michael was working with the Fugees or whatever. But again, I think of the things we could have maybe done instead of this. Or like you said, we could have taken some of those songs. At this point, Michael had a lot of songs that we had never heard before that obviously were getting a slow drip now from John. From John, But we could have maybe taken some of those songs or we could have maybe done a documentary. It would have been so cool to have Michael give his own take in a documentary on his music while he was here i just think of all the projects that maybe we could have gotten into instead of this and then maybe it would have been better but um i've never heard have you ever heard anybody say oh my what's your favorite michael jackson album oh really actually it's blood on the dance floor have you ever heard anybody say that no no y'all don't like this album Uh -uh. at all y'all really hate this this album and it's, I mean, it's fair. It, it wasn't, I think, I think that again, Michael was, was trying to do what he needed to do to get things done the way, you know, in a timely manner. Uh, and at this point he was like, listen, go and drop these al- these songs, going and drop these remixes and y'all leave me alone for a little while. Because the, the the album we get after this is the Invincible album where Michael is now working with I'm sorry, the the album with all new content that we get after this is the Invincible album, and that is, uh, he was working with Rodney Jerkins and LaShawn Daniels and and those guys so Sister Superfly Sister is not a bad song I don't hate it I think it's unfortunate that it ended up on Blood on the Dance Floor because I think had it been completed and like I said to me it sounds unfinished so I think had it been completed and really mixed well and not been I mean this is a long song too it's like it's like eight minutes long um, had it not been so long like if he had had uh, Quitsy to kind of reel him in on the time, it would have been a really great song to add to another album. Um, But anyway, let's move on. We're going to talk about the last two songs on the Blood on the Dance Floor, History in the Mix album. We're going to talk about them as a pair, because that is how they were packaged to us in Michael Jackson's short film, Ghosts. And the last two songs are Ghosts, and is it scary ghost was written by michael jackson and composed and produced by michael jackson and teddy riley and it was released as a part of the history in the mix album blood on the dance floor history of the mix the song was a top 5 hit in the uk and in france but not here in the states the music video for ghost was a 5 minute cut down short film of the same title which Michael Jackson unveiled at the Cannes Film Festival as a part of the album promotion. It was released theatrically in the United States in October of 1996 and made its UK debut the following May on Odin, Leicester Square. And let me tell you I said it wrong, I apologize. It was released on cassette in most of the world and the video won the Bob Fosse Award for best choreography in a music video. Ghost was also paired with, Is It Scary for the Ghost short film and Is It Scary is a play on Ghost. The song was originally said to have been written to have been featured in the 1993 film, Adam's Family Values, but the plans were canceled after conflicts with the contract. The song was later released, of course, on the Blood on the Dance Floor album, and it was written by Michael and written and produced by Michael, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. It received mixed reviews from contemporary music critics. Musically, the song was viewed as a darker side, as showing the darker side of Michael Jackson, and it compared the music's composition to the music of Marilyn Manson. Now, user one. What do you think about that? comparison is it scary and marilyn manson being compared (laughs) yeah Ah, i mean they were reaching i think a little Mm. bit but okay I think that again, we once we get to this place in Michael's this 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 album is is just a very different sort of album, right? And I'm even looking at, you know, obviously it did well as a remix album, but the, the, like the reception of it wasn't really that strong from the public or critics. Like, there's there's just and we talk about ghosts and is it scary? This becomes again one of the highlights because we have this video that accompanies it or you know the short film that accompanies it and then incorporates this so there's that I of course think Ghost is like a thriller knockoff and so therefore not that interesting to me but again these are still bright spots on this on this album and just comparing Michael to Marilyn Manson is just I'm not I'm not even interested in exploring that that idea yeah, I think they were reaching a little bit there. I do like that the is it scary was originally written for the Adams family values. If anyone's ever seen that film, it's such a fun film. I think this song would have been perfect for the film. Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get that collaboration and there, so we're always going to be like what if and what was the why there was it because of everything that had happened with michael so they said it was first due to scheduling conflicts that's the official reason but uh the the film was released in 1993 so i can imagine oh yeah there's definitely it then yeah Mm -hmm. there were a lot of other there the the other issues that Mm -hmm. were preventing uh, them from wanting to collaborate with michael jackson any further because other than that I mean, if, if my my schedule don't match Michael's schedule, but I really want Michael's song, I'm gonna make it work. You know what I mean? So, and obviously the song was completed because I, I don't see Michael having gone into the studio and dropped this just for blood on the dance floor. I don't see that. But these two songs are probably the strongest two songs on the album for me because they are so, they tell a story in a really in a really cool way. Uh, they do feel thriller-ish, but I think that was what Michael was going for with Ghosts in the first place. So, so there you have it, guys. All five songs, all five new songs that were released on the Blood on the Dance Floor album, along with the remixes from the other history tracks. User one, is there anything you want to say about Blood on the Dance Floor? We know that this is not your your album this is not your jam but is there anything about the album that's that particularly stands out to you um the remixes are are good I I know we didn't get into the remixes but those to me become the brighter spots the first five new tracks um mm -mm, not 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 necessarily I mean okay like I said Blood on the Dance Floor becomes a, a Blood on the Dance Floor and Ghost become the two main ones that I think are worth really mentioning. Morphine, Superfly Sister, Is It Scary to Me, are more or less throwaways. But the actual remixes on the album, and mind you, different places got different remixes. So when you put them all together and you listen to them, that to me becomes the bright spot. I know we didn't get into that, but that is a bright spot to me. Blood on the Dance Floor, the video is, of course, like I said, I think he did a, like, The video was good. I liked the alternate video that didn't get released. His outfit was great. So those things became good. Just again, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's a part of the discography. It's a part of what happened. Fans, I think, generally don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it. And for reasons that are understandable, I think it would have just been cool to hear Michael talk about some of these things in his career. He, He just was not a talker as far as giving us like content for just to sit down and do like, again, like a documentary or really talk about his art. But I think it would have been interesting to hear his take on this entire process and the release of this this album. Absolutely. And I will say for me, Blood on the Dance Floor, even though it's not high on the list, right? Out of all of Michael's albums, this would be the last one that I would pick up. You know, if you're like, pick one and listen to it for the rest of your life, this would certainly not be it. But it is still the best selling remix album of all time. Michael Jackson is still breaking records, even when the fan community is not 100% happy with the content that he has released. And this album does have a cult following there are people who absolutely adore it if you are one of those people drop us a note send it, give us a shout out uh on instagram or on twitter and let us know what you think about it and what you think about our analysis of it but we decided to do this episode because there are so many people who wanted to know what we thought about blood on the dance floor you have it here folks this is this is it this is this is really it And that concludes another day of The Black Jackson Estate Presents The 12 Days of Christmas. Join us tomorrow for day seven and more awesome content. Happy shopping.